Hello and welcome to this Grace Baptist Mission Media podcast. You're going to hear Serving Today, a program for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in discipling others or perhaps you teach the Bible one-to-one or in a small group, Serving Today will be relevant for a wide range of believers. Welcome to Serving Today, the program for those leading in the Church of Christ. This is Andrew Cook and I'm pleased to be in your company again. Ephesians. More on Paul's first prayer. And in a pastor talks, a question of trust. In our previous programme here on Serving Today, we looked at the first of Paul's prayers in the book of Ephesians. Ray Tibbs is helping us to better understand the message of this New Testament book. We're now going to look at the second part of Paul's prayer, found at the end of Ephesians chapter 1. To tell us more, here's Ray. After making those requests, Paul has some wonderful expressions of the relationship between Christ and his church. These things are found in verses 20 through to 23. So here Paul is talking about God's power which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Now you've got six great statements about Christ. What's the first of these great statements? Yes, the first in verse 20 is that Jesus Christ was raised by the power of God. If you look through the New Testament, you can see that there is testimony to each person of the Trinity being involved in the resurrection of Jesus. You can see that God raised him from the dead in Acts chapter 2, verse 24, or chapter 10, verse 40. You can see that the Son raised himself in John chapter 2, verse 19 and 21 or John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18. And you could see that the Spirit raised Jesus in Romans 1, verse 4, and in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. And what's the second of these statements? The second, still in verse 20, is that Jesus Christ is seated in heavenly realms. The same power that raised Jesus Christ, which believers also experience, took him back to heaven to return to the place which, as the second person of the Trinity, he had occupied before his incarnation. However, now, as the God-man, the one who had the supreme seat of power by right would be forever identified as the man Jesus Christ, the saviour of the world. It had always been his, but having completed the work God gave him to do, he resumed his position, and no one could doubt that it belonged to him. 
because what he had done will become evident to all. See Philippians chapter 2 verses 9 through to 11. What is statement number 3 here? Yes, well in verse 22 we can see that God has placed all things under the feet of Jesus Christ. The exaltation of Christ inevitably includes the subjection of all rivals. He actively defeated every enemy and broke all their powers by the decisive victory of the cross. Hebrews 2 verses 5 to 9. Matthew 22 verse 44. Because it was Satan, sin and death which were destroyed, it was not only the realm of earth which was affected by the cross. Although hidden from our sight, the heavenly realm was also affected. This is so encouraging. What's the fourth of these great statements? The fourth also in verse 22 is that Jesus Christ was appointed to be head over everything. Christ does not have a merely honorary supremacy. His headship is functional, actively restraining evil men and devils and influencing nature, history, technology, as well as any ideology. He is both the source of power and the one who gives it direction and purpose. See Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 through to 17. His activities across the world are for the good of the church. But it doesn't always seem or feel like it, does it? That's right. Appearances may suggest otherwise, but he is working for the greater visibility, expansion, nurturing, refining and completion of his people. as the Great Commission in Matthew 28 verses 18 and 20. So what's the fifth statement that Paul makes about Jesus? Verses 21 and 22 tell us that the church is the fullness of Jesus Christ. In particular, Christ is the head of the church, Colossians 1.18. He is in supreme control, giving it both direction and identity. His union with the church is so close that he completes it. The church cannot function without being in direct connection with him. As the second person of the Trinity, he is self-existent and dependent upon nobody else. But there is a sense in which, as mediator, his fullness is incomplete without the church. It is the church which reveals and confirms his identity as saviour. 
that's such a privilege and but a challenge as well, isn't it? What's the sixth and final thing that we can highlight in this prayer? Finally, in verse 22, Jesus Christ, we're told, fills everything in every way. This refers not just to his person, but also to his purpose, not just to his presence, but his substance. Without him, there are no answers in life, and there are no escape from him. Hebrews 1 verse 3. If life is dysfunctional, it is because it is off-centre. It was designed to revolve around him, not ourselves. These are such great and lofty truths, aren't they? They certainly are, but we need to learn to see everything from this perspective and to rebalance our lives accordingly, to put Christ at the centre and not us. Thank you very much, Ray. We're pleased to have Malcolm Ryan with us again with the series A Pastor Talks. His focus this time is on Jesus' relationship with one of his disciples. Many people followed the Lord Jesus. Twelve of them became his close disciples. Out of those twelve, three were very close to him, and among those three was John. John was quite well off, benefiting from the income of a family business. Yet one day he heard a man who spoke as no man had ever spoken before. And when Jesus said, follow me, John decided he was worth trusting, even if it cost him his wealth and life. John followed Jesus at the height of his popularity and when miracles were being performed. He was there when Jesus came into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, while the crowds waved palms and took off their coats to pave the way. Then again, he was there at the cross, when Jesus was powerless and dying. Now, in John's biography of Jesus, he refers to himself as the other disciple, or as the disciple whom Jesus loved. For instance, he mentions Peter, Andrew and James by name, but never writes his own. He certainly wasn't looking to make a name for himself. Instead, while trusting in the sufficiency of Jesus Christ, he was content to remain anonymous. Then, not only did John trust Jesus, but Jesus trusted John. In this regard, it's interesting to note that the first three Gospels of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark and Luke, are essentially the same in content. It's the later Gospel of John that gives us fresh information. Apparently, Jesus wanted more of his story told, such as other miracles being mentioned. He also wanted a perspective that hadn't been provided by the earlier authors, and he had to choose someone he could trust to do this. John had information that no one else could give. For example, he had been on the Mount of Transfiguration, and he had sat next to Jesus at the Last Supper. And through the inspiration of God's Spirit, our Lord chose him to include in his historical account the famous words of John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus trusted John with the gospel, and also with his mother. In John chapter 19, we read the last gasping words of a man whose crucifixion allowed little breath for speaking. Jesus said things like, Father, forgive them. It is finished, and into your hands I commend my spirit. Then he also said to his mother, Mary, This is your son, and to John, This is your mother. Soon to die, his hands nailed to the cross, Jesus couldn't touch her or care for her, and so the Son of God, in vulnerable human form, chose someone he could trust. In our world today, we need people who will live out the Christian life. No doubt we have been asked many times, Do you trust Jesus? But can we also say, Jesus, you can trust me? That was Malcolm Ryan with A Pastor Talks. Well, that brings us to the end of another programme here on Serving Today. If you would like to get in touch with us, listen out for our contact details in just a moment. So, this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May God enable us to be worthy servants of Christ. Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. There are a number of ways to get in touch. Our email address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk. Find us on Twitter at servingtodaygbm. Or you can search our web catalogue at www.gbm.org.uk forward slash radio. Thanks for listening and goodbye.